oldest son, 13 years old, Abram, has um, been recruited to be part of this tournament league. Um, and, and the thing that, is, um, that I don't like about football, if you know me, I love football. I love this sport. I love watching it, love playing it. The thing that I don't like about football is the games are always on Sundays, okay? And I, I think that's of the devil. So we need to pray against that maybe in the NFL or even in flag football that God could change that by his power. Um, but um, we're, we're looking to bring an end to that. Um, Abram doesn't know it yet, so don't break it to him. <laughs> but uh, she's with him uh, wrestling uh, uh, his tournament, and she also is... Um, Bouncing our, our newborn, uh, Benjamin uh, Ezra Temple, who we adopted about three months ago. So pray for my wife for grace. I don't know how she does it. I'm so glad I'm here preaching and not there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, if you've been with us for the last uh, seven to six weeks, we wrapped up actually officially last Sunday a series that we were doing called Undeserving, where we were getting kind of into the details uh, you know, into the Bible, discussing God's grace, just reminding ourselves of this wonderful gift of God's grace via Jesus. And, and this Sunday, um, well, actually last Sunday, Amy Eifler, if you were here, man, if you weren't, I'd encourage you. Raise your hand if you were here last Sunday. No shame if you weren't. Okay, everybody look at those with their hands up and shame them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Amy brought a wonderful conclusion uh, to that series. She talked about wisdom, and I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to that sermon, maybe Maybe uh, check it out on either Facebook, YouTube, or any one of those platforms or website, because um, it was a great, great, wonderful message. I hope that I can um, do as good this Sunday uh, as she did last Sunday. And um, I also hope that I don't butcher the English language too bad uh, this morning. Amen. Uh, let's pray. We need God's grace. Father, we thank you today that um, we're not alone here, God, not just because there's a hundred or so people here, but because, Lord, your son is here. Uh, he is present according to his promise in Matthew 18, 20. Let, that where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, we have gathered in, in that name today. And Lord, in faith, we believe that your son is here. And so, Lord, we just ask God that the Holy Spirit would come bear witness to that, to our hearts and our minds, and that you would exalt Jesus to the highest place in our lives as the word of God, as the truth of God is proclaimed here. Give me grace, God. In the unction of the Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, don't we? Come on, third person of the Trinity. There's a, a promise in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm sure you're aware of it. I cite it all the time, almost whenever we have a gathering. <laughs> I just did, actually, in prayer. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, you're probably familiar but here, in red, which means Jesus is speaking, right? We read this. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, that sounds pretty. You know, it, it, it really does. But it, it, it's got to sound more than pretty, right? It's got to be, oh, well, that's nice, Jesus. Thank you for that promise. There, there's got to be a certain kind of belief that we, the people of God, have that actually takes Jesus at his word here. That when we gather, you know, we're not alone in that it's just us here, but Jesus, the Son of God, is in our midst according to his promise. Not mine, but his. 
here in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, gathering in the name of Jesus simply means that Jesus is the point of our coming together. Now, I don't know about you, why you came to church. Maybe it's a pretty girl sitting next to you. Maybe it's because you're looking for a date. You know, you tried eHarmony and it didn't work out. So you're like, hey, let's just go to church. Which, say, no shame in that game. I'm all for it. I actually wish I had it when I was in the dating game. I'm not anymore. I'm married. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't know how I did it, but I did it. Hallelujah. Especially if you saw my wife. You'd be like, how did you do that? But, but we have come here today, not just for uh, friendship and community, right? We haven't come here just because we're wanting to get that special someone's number that we're embarrassed or maybe shy to talk to. I hope like you, you're, like me, excuse me, you're here because, well, Jesus is here. Now, I don't know how this promise fleshes out. You know, I don't, when, I mean, when Jesus says that, I'm just like, how does that work? Like, where are you? Like up in the balcony? Like, and so there's a, a certain kind of mystery around it. But in childlike faith, I just receive it to be true. I believe that in faith, Christ is here in our midst. And it's the reason why I come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and why I join in prayer meetings. As much as I love every one of you, and I do, I love Jesus all the more. And, and I read texts like this, and whenever I get to, because this promise it isn't given to just me kind of herbing out in my prayer room alone in my house. Jesus says where two or three are gathered, not just where Daryl is gathered. You know, Jesus is. And so I very much look forward to coming together as a body. And it's not just for community. It's not just because I really love you. I really like pastoring. It's because I really love Jesus and I just want to be where he is. And if he says he's in the midst of his people, Sign me up. I'm there. I am there. I'll be there every Sunday. And, 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 hear me. I would be at church Sunday after Sunday, irregardless if I was a pastor or not. I would be. I wouldn't want an opportunity to be missed of me sharing in the glorious experience of Jesus being in the midst of his body. <laughs> it's one thing to read it, right? But it's, an, it's another thing to let your mind go there and to kind of visualize what that all means and entails and looks like. Oh, it, it will move your soul. And, 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 and it might even get your butt in church a little bit more. So when we gather in the name of Jesus, we have made Jesus the point of our coming together. He is the, the center. He is the reason. Much like you would attend a birthday party of a, uh, a friend or a family member. That, that person is the reason you've come together and party, right? You, you've come to celebrate. Like if you come to my son's birthday, which was just May 11th, um, hopefully when we sing uh, happy birthday to you, we're not going to be like happy birthday to Daryl. No, it's happy birthday to Abram. He's the reason we have gathered. He's the reason we've come together to party. When, when we come together in Jesus' name, we've come again to make Jesus the center, meaning we've come to celebrate We've come to honor and adore Christ. And, if, and, and believe me, the list goes so much, it's so much further, so much broader. There's so many other things that I could include there. But that's a good summary of what it means to come uh, you know, into the presence or uh, come together in the name of Jesus. My point is this, is, is, is Jesus is committed right, to being present and gathering, similar to this gathering here, where the reason... Uh, 
believers have come together is him in the first place. Now, let me flush that out a little bit. And I kind of already did, but I'll I'll go a little bit deeper to it, deeper into it. Um, But first, let me just put this little disclosure in there. Could could you imagine um, what our worship might look like? What even our response to God's word might look like if we really believed, not just read the text, but believed it in our souls that Jesus was in this place this morning? What would our worship look like then if we really believed wholeheartedly, we're gripped just with this gnawing sense that Jesus is here. No, Will's not just here. No, Andrew's not here. I mean, not just here. It's lovely that he is. But Jesus is here. How would our worship look different? How would our response to God's word look like if, if, if Jesus was sitting right here where Andrew is? Oh, I, 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 I'd put money on it. And I don't have a lot of money. But what I have, I put on it that... that our response to these things, our response and responses in worship, our responses to the word of God being proclaimed would look much different even than what it would look like this morning. Now, with that being said, I thought it would be a good t- use of our time anyways to, to explore some biblical characters who, who reacted to Jesus when he was in their midst. The reason for my curiosity is I want to look at their reactions and see if they match that of my own. I want to see if I have similar responses to Jesus being in our midst. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to unpack this. So hold on. Uh, I'm going to get there because I, I'm, there's a lot that I'm leaving out at this point where we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hopefully by God's grace tie it all together. The first example I want to give us is in Luke chapter one, uh, verses 39 through 45, if you want to turn there. And here, just a brief summary of what's going on. Mary, the mother of Jesus is going on a little bit of a journey to Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist's house. I mean, how can, they were, fr- I mean, just like you could, you got the forerunner and you got the Messiah and their parents are coming. That's, it just blows my mind. But, but Mary's going to visit Elizabeth and we pick up reading here in verse 39, this, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, <laughs> the baby leaped in her womb. That would be John the Baptist. John, the forerunner, leaps in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled right there. Upon Mary's entry, Elizabeth's immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud voice, not a silent one. You wonder why I yell sometimes, right? I could get excited about the truth. Uh, and so I just, I, I can't just say, God bless, God bless Jesus. You know, I can't say it that way. You know, I got to do it with gusta and some kind of volume in my voice. But Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb, exclamation mark. Her voice is still somewhat escalated. And why is this granted to me that the mother of thy Lord should come to me for behold, 
When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now, here's just a little snapshot of one occasion where the not yet born Messiah is in the womb of his mother. He walks with his mom in her belly into the doorway of Elizabeth's home. And immediately there's a reaction to Jesus. He's not even born yet. So what are the three kind of or four characteristics of response that we see here? Well, there's great joy, right? There's great joy. There's loud volume in Elizabeth's voice. There's movement, right? The baby leaped inside of the womb. <laughs> and, and this is all followed by the spirit of prophecy. There's prophecy going on. It was the loud voice that Elizabeth proclaimed the blessedness of both Mary and the unborn savior growing in her womb. It's Elizabeth's child, John, who leaped with joy in his mother's womb upon hearing Mary's greeting. And Elizabeth was filled with the spirit of prophecy, declaring the Lordship of Jesus just in one setting, just a couple of verses. This is the reaction to the Messiah. Thank you, Will. I got a new slogan. I'm going to wear a t-shirt. If we're going to clap, let's commit to the clap. Put your hands together for that. Commit to the clap. Good Lord. Thanks, Will. Now, I don't think it's by accident that Luke puts attention. Like he draws the attention to the reaction of both Elizabeth and John. So I'm, again, I want to boil this down to four things. Joy, great joy, not just just not just base level joy. We're talking about a great joy, right? We're talking about volume. We are talking about movement and prophecy. It's in my opinion that these are appropriate responses to the presence of Jesus. They're, they're, they're what we should be experiencing today when we come into his presence. Be it the unborn Jesus who is still in the womb of his mother like it is here. Be it the Jesus who walked in the streets of Jerusalem, preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God, or be it the resurrected seated at the right hand of God, Jesus, irregardless of what, you know, time in history we are at, we need these responses in these churches. These are good, appropriate reaction to Jesus being in our midst. Now, they're not the totality. Of course, I hope you don't hear me saying that. We'll get into that in the next two or three weeks, but it's a good starting point. It's a good starting point. Now, I've always been a bit perplexed, a bit confused with believers uh, in this regard. It's confusing me to me that when we come in a setting like this, that we are unmoved and unresponsive to the presence of Jesus, knowing that a promise like this exists in Matthew 18, 20. I have to check my own heart. Let me, let me just, I, I, I don't want to call anything out or anybody out, but I was at a worship gathering with a bunch of youth, which is never a great combination, okay? Youth and worship. It's, no, I'm just kidding. It was awesome. Um, but I was there just experiencing ministry and just being with my son and a small group of our youth who were there with us. And I had to be honest, I checked out at least like 10 times during the, the, during, during the service. I did. I, I like. I, I was reminded of how much of a sound snob I am, you know? It, it's funny how, like, I'll engage in worship if the sound is, like, to a kind of perfection, you know, if it's, like, mixed right and everything feels good. Like, sign me up, I'm in worship, all, you know. But if something's just off, if there's a couple dropouts, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. 
come on, you know? And so I had a couple of those moments, and immediately, and I believe it's because I was, um, you know, kind of studying uh, Matthew 18, 20, immediately the Holy Spirit lovingly checked my heart. And um, in that moment, which I've been walking with Jesus for some time now, and I, and I, I don't know why it's taken so long for him to get a hold of this inside of me, but oh well. In that moment, I felt like God, uh, in my heart, made that time, it made my responses to worship much more than just how the sound was dialed right or not right. Jesus became what was center, the, the, the point. Jesus became that, that, that thing that I uh, cherished. Jesus became that thing that I, 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 I wanted to worship more than just like, oh, could you mix that better, you know? Could you not do that song? I don't even know what that song is. Like, can we just do a song everybody knows? You know, those petty things. And so my heart was, you know, checked by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm saying this because I, I sincerely, if, even for my own life, feel that it is a tragedy when our hearts feel no joy, our, our voices have no volume, and our limbs experience no movement in the presence of Jesus. I, I think it's a tragedy. And I, I, I think that Jesus has far more for us than just us being stoic, you know? and sitting rather unmoved and unresponsive to the presence of Jesus. And I think in the West, we need to make our gatherings more about our, uh, less about how worship is, how it hit that moment, how it sounds, you know, what's the team like, uh, you know, like, is it good? Is it mixed right? I think we need to do away with that. And again, make Jesus the center, a piece of our gathering. And also around the word, is the pastor doing it? Is he loud enough? Is he soft enough? Did he butcher the English language? You know, oh, this, I need somebody far more intelligent than this man. Give me a break. Who have we gathered to? A man? A church? A band? If that's what we've gathered to, friend, there will be no foundation under your feet that's solid enough to keep your butt in that community. Enjoying those people, a part of that worship, hearing those sermons. It's got to go deeper. And I believe when we start to not just, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice text, Jesus. Thank you for that. When we stop with all that, that's beautiful. And we start letting the reality of that sink into our hearts and souls. I believe our worship will take on a different face. I think our responses to truth will uh, be, be one that's more met with joy. Now, um, a little quick story before we wrap this up. And um, I mean, I have a lot more, but um, I had a high school friend whom um, I was very close to uh, in my years of high school. And um, this friend of mine would rarely show any kind of excitement or emotion when it came to things. Like, he's like, it, it didn't matter if something good happened to him or something bad happened. He was just like, meh. You know, I was like, whoa, dude, is there, like, you have a heart? You have a soul? What is going on? Like, we were at a Rage Against Machine concert. He found a hundred bucks on the ground. He's like, nah. I mean, we were poor, like, in our early 20s. I would have been like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus, you know. And, 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 you know, but he's like, yeah, whatever. He totaled his car. Um, he, he worked, like, three or four summers to raise the money to buy his car when he got his license, and he totaled it, like, in the first two weeks. He's like, meh, <laughs> whatever. 
Just, just nothing. He, would, he doesn't. He wouldn't wear his his thoughts or emotions on his sleeves. You know, he just was calm and collected and chilled. And um, you know, interestingly enough, he was a church guy. You know, I don't know how sincere he was about his faith. I, knowing him, I, I would say it wasn't that much. But neither was I. And from time to time, he would invite me to church. I think through our friendship, I may have went to his church ten or twelve times. And it was a Pentecostal church, so you can imagine the vibe. You know, everything is just. 10, like it's emotion on steroids, right? It's just like, boom, everything. And he's, you know, nothing, just blank, boom, nothing. And, you know, from time to time, he would lean into me, uh, lean into and whisper into my ear and, and, and start to make fun of people who are just a little too over the top, you know? Maybe said like, like things like, amen, pastor. You know, he'd be like, that woman, she's just ridiculous, talks too much. She just needs to shut up, you know, kind of thing. Or, or if he saw somebody dancing, he'd be like, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. And I, I have to admit, sometimes when church folk dance, it's a little embarrassing. I, I get them. I didn't think that much of it because, hey, I'm not a church guy. I'm just there. You know, I, I was just invited. I, I'm probably agreeing for the most part. Yeah, that is a little weird. But then um, one day, interesting laugh, true story, uh, we both went to New York City, and we ran into the famous actor Liam Neeson in an elevator. Real random. Don't, I, there was a festival going on. Uh, I, I, maybe he was there for that. But um, in and, and, and that moment, my friend became this entirely different person. Like he just, I, remember, I, I didn't get any words out. And I, I like Liam as much as anybody else. And I know there's some con- controversy surrounding his life about some remarks that he made. But this was years ago when we met him. Uh, or we didn't meet him. We just were like, oh, we're on the elevator with him and we're falling apart like, you know, 12 year olds at a Justin Bieber concert, you know? (laughs) But uh, my friend became like this entirely different person and I didn't say much because I was like, who are you? And what did you do with my friend? Like, I was just amazed. I I never saw, we'll call him Andy because he listens from time to time. I I never saw Andy respond the way he did uh, to his favorite actor. I I didn't even know that it was his favorite actor until after, because I was so taken by the moment. I'd ask him, I was like, dude, what came over you in that elevator? You were like crazy, bro. Like, you don't get excited about anything. You don't get sad about anything. You just, you're just you. You like, there's, there's nothing there sometimes. And, And he just explained to me how he really admired Liam and his work and his career. And he went on to explain how he thought that uh, Liam was one of the greatest actors of all time. That's debatable. I don't know about that. Uh, and, and that his, this is, this is what struck out in my, stuck in my mind throughout the years and now saved and believing and pastoring. Uh, he, he talked about how his reaction to the moment was appropriate because he was in the presence of both someone he admired and saw or considered as great. That will preach, right? right? Now, I see this all the time, right, in church, right? When, when folk act super crazy at the ball game, right? They, they, they know how to dance undignified, and we'll just, we'll just use that word, right? Because there's a lot of other words we could use. But they know how to dance undignified in the club on Saturday night, right? They know how to sing really loud. I mean, I, I, I've seen it. Really sing loud at their favorite music group concert, right? It's like they, they become this whole totally different person. But when it comes to church, oh, hey, hey, 
whoa, whoa, whoa. This ain't no place for that. Now, mind you, I don't think it's a place, the church is a place that you take the club and you, you, you dance like you would dance there. I, I don't even believe you should be in the club. Get out of the club if you're in the club. Uh, but you get the point, right? It, it seems like when, when, when it comes to church, joy, volume, movement, you know, it just evaporates and begins to like just cease. We become this totally different person. You know, but if our favorite sports team, right, is out there, I mean, right now, have go Celtics, hallelujah. I'm praying that they win this game tonight. Close it up. I don't think they have a chance against Steph Curry. I'm just going to say that right out, but I'm kind of excited, right? And, I, and I'm, me and my son, we're watching the games, and I'm acting a, like a bit of a madman, right? But it's true. When it comes to our favorite sports team, when it comes to our favorite musicians, when it comes to our favorite actors and dancing in the club, we, we take on this different persona. We're able to just let our hair down and let loose. And I'm just a little bit puzzled when it comes to the church. Where is that excitement when it comes to the risen Savior, Jesus Christ? Surely his name is far greater than Liam Neeson. Why are we so reserved and laid back and unresponsive and unremoved if we believe Jesus's words here in Matthew 18 that we believe he's here present with us doesn't it require some kind of response I would submit to you it does I would submit to you that, that it will take on kind of the form of what we saw in Luke chapter 1 where there's joy I don't know about you but if if you're a believer here today friends you have a lot to smile about you have a lot to smile about. Trust me, trust me. Like, <laughs> we sang about a little bit of it today. I mean, maybe prior to Christ, there was a lot to have a frown, you know, on your face about. But man, we are in the, we're, we're in the new covenant, man. You know, we, we, Jesus has done a lot for us. There's a lot to be happy and joyful about. And, and I realize that some things in life kind of determine, you know, just how joyful we'll be or how happy we'll be or how expressive will be on a Sunday. But hey, listen, uh, what Jesus has done is eternal. It doesn't matter what your Monday or your Thursday or even your Saturday look like. You know, if you're dancing, find me in the club, bottle full of love, my mama, you know, whatever. You know, and, and then you walk into church and you're just like, oh man, if you could have, if you, if you would have saw what I did last night. But trust me, guys, I may have not seen what you did last night. You know who did? Jesus. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is enough to impact your soul, to push you past those weak moments where your flesh just, you know, it's enough to cover those things and to let you, you know, come through these doors or the doors of any church as you are. You know, rather if that's in your dress, you know, you, you know, or if that's what you did last night, you know, you can take those things into the four walls of the church through the doors and still experience the same grace that I experienced. And I trust me was at no club last night because my wife went to divorce me. Uh, but you get what I'm saying now. I'll, I'll wrap it up here. The interesting thing about my friend and his response to Liam is that his, his his expression, his reaction was so counter his personality. Like it was, 
Am I saying that right? It was just like, it wasn't, you know, who he was. It wasn't his makeup. He never showed his cards. He never showed excitement or sadness. But once he came into the presence of someone he admired and esteemed as great, it all changed. And, 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 And my caution, my encouragement to you is, Just how much do you esteem and admire and see Jesus as great today? Maybe that's maybe that's the reason you feel heavy when you come to church on Sunday. Maybe you don't have a high view of God, right? You know, maybe 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 you 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 prefer other things, you know, like actors and music and all these things more. And and you admire, uh, you know, actors. And I'm not trying to get on actors. Hear me. But you just. There's no kind of base level where you see Jesus as great and admire him. Trust me, friends, if we can get over that hump and cause and let our hearts be enamored. If I'm using that word right, I think I am. Somebody will hold me responsible if I didn't. With Christ again, where, where, where it opens our eyes to see the greatness. The beauty of Jesus, I'm telling you, the things that take place in this room, the response and the reaction to the presence of Jesus will be entirely different. Even, even, even if it goes against your makeup, your, your, the way you're built, you know, I'm, in, I'm not, you know, because I hear it all the time. Well, I, I'm introverted, you know, I'm like, I, do, I don't do that. I, I'm telling you. In the right context, before the right person, in this place, Jesus, it will. It will. So how we react to Jesus being in our midst is based upon, I believe, his promise in Matthew 18, 20. And is largely determined, meaning how we let that sink into our souls is largely determined by how much we admire Jesus and how much we see Jesus as great. And that's the starting place of what changes our reactions and responses. You see, the news, I believe, when it hit Mary's, Elizabeth's heart prior, you know, all the things that were transpiring, transpiring before Jesus' birth, there was such, in, in many people's hearts, a anticipation of the very moment that they were about to experience in Jesus' birth and in John the Baptist's birth as well. And it wasn't just a knee-jerk response. I don't think that Elizabeth just had this knee-jerk response. I, I, I think Elizabeth connected to what the potential, what the redemption existed, the salvation that was going to come through Mary's child. And that provoked a, 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 a response of great joy, loud volume, and movement. Father, the goal of today is that our hearts would fall more in love with Jesus. The goal of this teaching is that, like biblical characters, Lord, of the New Testament and of old, had certain responses, certain reactions to the presence of Jesus, to Jesus being in their midst. Lord, our hope is that we 
would reflect that, that, Lord, we would have some of these same encounters. Encounter, Lord, who doesn't need joy today? Oh, God, we need joy. And not just any kind of joy. We need great joy, Lord. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to lift the roof off of this place. That, that, that Lord, when we come together, we would come believing in faith that we're not just here together as a community, but that Jesus, the Son of God, is in our midst. And Father, let us respond and react accordingly. Let us react and respond accordingly in our worship and in our response and obedience to truth. Father, I pray, deepen our love for Jesus today. I pray this in your Son's name.